plays an incredibly important. From creativity to learning something new and from stress reduction to protecting against illness. So let's go play. This is the Waffling Tailors Roll with Jay, a series of shorter episodes that will be of indefinite length. We're going to put these out as and when. Uh, These episodes will cover shorter topics which don't really fit well within the scope of the show, or topics that I want to cover in my own way before we bring them up on the show. That's not to say that we won't cover these topics in the main show, but I'd like to take a whack at them here first. I can't guarantee that all these shorter episodes will be as deep or technical as this one, but I wanted to start big. I've included a whole bunch of references in the show notes for this episode, so it's going to be worth clicking through and reading those show notes, because there's loads of like books you can read and uh, web resources. Anyway, let's get to it. Before we start, let's clarify a term that I'm going to use a lot in this episode. Play. Now, firstly, The Waffling Tailors is a video game related podcast, but I'm not referring to video games here. In Essentialism, Greg McCohen describes play as anything we do simply for the joy of doing rather than a means to an end, whether it's flying a kite or listening to music or kicking a football. I'd encourage you all to think of a small number of activities which bring you joy or are inherently fun. I mean, almost anything will do. And keep that in mind whilst you're listening, or indeed reading if you're reading it. One thing that serious people say about play is that it's for children, and that's a real shame. It's my opinion that play is super important to everyone and can help almost everyone to solve certain types of problem. As an example, I'm a developer in real life, and in development we have this thing called rubber duck debugging. Uh, The origin of this is a kind of play activity. In a book called The Pragmatic Programmer, which if you're a developer you should totally read, The authors tell a story from the 80s or 90s, it's not really made clear, about a developer called Greg Pugh. Now, Greg was famous for having a rubber duck next to his monitor. And whenever he got stuck on a problem, he would literally explain the problem to the rubber duck. Uh, This is a wonderful technique for solving problems because by having to verbalise some of the assumptions about the problem, you may suddenly gain new insight into the problem. It doesn't even need to be a rubber duck either. It can be another person or even a potted plant. The idea is for you to imagine that you're explaining the problem in great detail to someone else and you'll come up with the answer. Try it. I promise it will work. Play has been proven to be important for the development of the brain and hand-eye coordination. Anyone who has watched a mother playing peekaboo with their child will see this in action. It's surprising to the baby because their brain believes that if something is covered up then it no longer exists. And then the rapid reappearance of the non-existent thing is surprising. It's teaching the baby that you can cover something up and that it can still exist. Play has also been spotted in the animal kingdom. There it is important for the children of the group to learn social norms and essential life skills and they do this via play. Baby primates for instance will learn how to climb learn how to walk around, will learn how to use rudimentary tools via play. I mean, it's quite literally a case of monkey see, monkey do, right? 
did you get the number of that donkey caught? One famous experiment was done by Harry Harlow at the University of Wisconsin in 1940. He constructed a small puzzle for a group of rhesus monkeys to solve. Uh, it consisted of a pin, a hook, and a board. Uh, I would Google this if I were you, because it's difficult to explain the actual layout of the puzzle, but it's not as horrendous as it sounds. One of the most shocking things, at least a mid-century psychologist that is, about this experiment was that no one taught the rhesus monkeys how to solve the puzzle, but that they took to it almost instantly, without prompting. One thing to point out was that there was no reward for solving this puzzle, yet every time that Harlow and his team would set the puzzles up, the rhesus monkeys would immediately try to solve them, some of them being able to solve the puzzle in less than 60 seconds. Anyway, as important as play can be in animals and children, it can be as important in us adults. Edward Decky, I've probably mispronounced that, is D-E-C-I, ran a similar experiment in 1969 using soma cubes. In his experiment, he had volunteers split up into two groups. Each person was given a set of soma cubes and asked to create a set of very specific patterns with them. One group was offered money for each pattern or shape that they constructed within a set time limit, and the other was not offered or even told about the reward. The most interesting, and economically strange, outcome of this experiment was that almost everyone in the group who was offered money would put less effort overall than the people in the other group. From this, it was theorised that the motivation for solving the puzzle was more interesting than money. Play is more of a motivator than earning money? I wonder where I've heard that before. Imagine that there was something that could cure creative blockages, could reduce stress, and could be fun to do, and was completely free. That's what play is. Before we continue, let's talk about stress and what it can do to your brain. Caveat, I'm not a medical professional. I know next to nothing about anatomy or neuroscience compared to an expert. What I'm about to say comes directly from my armchair and the understanding I have from reading books on anatomy and neuroscience, but having never taken a lecture in either. Your brain is made up of lots of different regions. All of them work in tandem to help you reason about the world around you. The limbic system is made up of quite a few regions, but two important regions, uh, for this discussion at least, are the hippocampus and the amygdala. The amygdala, using Wikipedia's description, is shown to perform a primary role in the decision-making and emotional responses, including fear, anxiety, and aggression. Whereas the hippocampus is part of the limbic system and plays important roles in the consolidation of information from short-term memory to long-term memory and in spatial memory that enables navigation. Whenever you are stressed, what's actually happened is your body has released a hormone called cortisol, also known as the stress hormone. Cortisol does many different things to the body, but one of the things that it does is divert electrical activity from the hippocampus over to the amygdala. One of the reasons it does this is to try and kickstart the fight-or-flight response. A drawback to this is that your hippocampus is associated with short-term memory, so you start to forget where things like the house keys are. It's also associated with navigation and moving about and spatial memory, so you end up bumping into things and end up getting more angry because you've just bashed your toe on something. Let's just revisit that definition from McEwen for a second. Anything we do 
simply for the joy of doing, rather than as a means to an end, whether it's flying a kite or listening to music or kicking a football. Flying a kite, listening to music, kicking a football, playing a video game, or indeed a board game, and even experimenting with some technology or code can be seen as play. In fact, listen to a programmer talk about whether they've had any experience with some new technology, and they'll usually say something like, I haven't had a chance to play around with it. Or, I've only played with it in my personal projects. Interesting. Play as experimentation or exploration is what a child building a fault out of boxes or a child putting Lego pieces together are actually doing. So why can't we do this as adults? Anyone who has played Minecraft, the Little Big Planet series, or any other sandbox game has done this. Experimenting and exploring within the environment and rules provided by the game leads to all sorts of creativity. Dungeons and Dragons, one of the most famous pen and paper games of the 20th century, is actually built on this very idea. What's most interesting about play is that it can rebalance the amount of cortisol in your brain. By focusing on something that you enjoy doing, uh, playing cards, knitting, playing football, colouring in, writing, whatever, most people will feel a wave of calm come over them. Maybe not when the opposition team score a goal or when you lose another life on Super Mario Brothers, but you get the point. Not only that, but you can easily enter a state that psychologists call flow. Have you ever been doing something that you truly enjoy, then become completely engrossed on it, and then look up at the clock and realise it's been three hours? Well, if you have, then you've been in flow. Flow is that magical state that your boss wishes that you were in all the time. It's when you are the most productive, and it can last from five minutes to a whole number of hours. If only you could tap into that will. Whenever you see children at play, they are in the throes of flow. Football players get into the flow moments after the whistle blows. Programmers, myself included, can spend an entire day in flow, missing meals and phone calls in the process. By allowing your creativity to run wild, you can see problems from a completely different point of view. When was the last time that you were playing a video game, got stuck on some puzzle, and then started messing around rather than solving the puzzle? Sometimes the most lateral thinking puzzles cause me to wander off, in-game, and start to explore the environment. When I do this, I find that the solution to the puzzle usually comes to me. Why is this? It could be that my subconscious has taken over, but it could also be because creativity lets you see other solutions, and lets you try other solutions, some of which you'd have never thought of otherwise. Speedrunners do this all the time, finding new glitches and exploits in order to shave seconds off of their record times. Let's take a look at the offices at Pixar. The employees at Pixar are often encouraged to decorate their offices in ways that they think will bring out their creativity. Why? Because creativity and play help to solve problems. And you can see issues from a different angle. I would recommend googling Pixar offices to get a visual on on this because I try to explain it, but... mm. In Creativity Inc., Ed Catmull, ex-CEO of Pixar, writes about how many employees dial this up to 11. There are stories of offices full of action figures, blow-up pink flamingos, employees using scooters to get about the campus, and the fact that they don't really have a uniform, but encourage their employees to dress to reflect their character and their mood. You could argue that all of this is new-age, touchy-feely garbage. I totally don't. But you can't argue against the fact that the folks at Pixar 
are some of the best storytellers of an entire generation, and that they routinely push CGI forward with every film that they put out, feature length or short film. I've worked alongside one project manager who had an easy button in their office. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's a large red button with easy written on it in white writing. When you press the button, it plays a that was easy type sound. This particular project manager would encourage employees to hit that button on the way out of their office if the chat with them went well. Now, I'm not going to lie, it was almost always fun to do. And I found myself actively trying to help out in meetings in order to get to a point where someone could hit the button. A small victory, I know, but it was forged with creativity. Through play. Because it was always fun to hit that button. So, in closing, play is important to all of us, regardless of how old you are. Play, in this instance, means an activity which brings you joy, fun or enjoyment, and that you can pursue without having a particular end goal in mind. So the next time you're doing something for the joy and the sake of doing it, rather than achieving some goal, take solace in the fact that you're playing, and that you're not only reducing your stress levels, but also kind of evolving your brain. Then invite the person you're talking to to come and join you in playing whatever you're playing. Anyway, in the words of Shredder's right-hand man Tatsu, Go. Play. Intro music is Among the Stars by Muse Stage Productions. Outro music is I Need You Watashi no Sabate by GK. Spoiler break music is Spectrum Subdiffusion Mix by Phonics. Palette cleanser music is Breathe Deep, Breathe Clear by Siobhan Decay. See the show notes for a link.